This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Now we continue with part 476 of our seemingly non-stop coverage of Elon Musk's attempt to purchase social media website Twitter.com with the unsurprising, unfathomable news that late last week, Musk officially announced that he was backing out or pulling out of the deal to purchase Twitter placing the blame entirely on the fact that he was not provided accurate information regarding bot accounts on the platform. And let's just remind you again that when this all started, Elon not only waived his right to due diligence, but one of his stated goals when the deal was announced was that he was going to solve Twitter's bot problem. So not only did he uh, not want to kick the tires and look under the company's hood, he knew there might be problems and then announced his offer anyway and then said that he would fix the problems himself. So I, I'm not sure how this uh, whole backing out thing is going to work for him, but I am morbidly curious to watch it all unfold. Yeah, it's over, but, well, dude, based on the terms and conditions, it's actually not over. It <laughs> might not be over for a while. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. What a saga. And, yeah, we don't know how this is going to work out for him because, yeah, as you're well aware by now, that contract said that Elon couldn't back out of the deal without handing over uh, at least a billion dollars. Yeah, possibly more. Um, which he obviously refuses to do now by using the Twitter bot problem as some kind of material breach of the contract. This, of course, is going to launch what appears to be a lengthy court battle with Twitter already enlisting numerous high-profile lawyers for the case and uh, immediately with the news like coming out and being like, oh, no, we're going to enforce the contract. He's buying the company. Yeah, this, one of the lawyers is like, he, no, he's not backing out. They basically just were yeah. like, no, he's not. No, you can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> now, here's Bloomberg. Musk has accused the company of misleading the public about the number of automated accounts known as spam bots on its platform, culminating with a termination letter sent Friday. Twitter made misleading representations over the number of spam bots on the social network and hasn't complied with its contractual obligations to provide information about how to assess how prevalent the bots are. Musk's representative said in the letter included in a regulatory filing. And by the way, weeks ago when he said that he was uh, forcing Twitter to come up with data uh, about these bot accounts, they were just like, okay, here. And they gave him like just everything. They gave him access to the fire hose. Yeah. Like, you think you know better than us about how to do this? Go for it. Well, I asked 10 people and one of those people was bot. So 10% yeah. are bots. That's basically his logic uh, at this point. But the reporting continues. Within minutes of the letter going public, Twitter vowed to fight back in court. Quote, the Twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. Brett Taylor, chairman of the board, said in a tweet, we are confident we will prevail in the Delaware Court of Chancery. Twitter has denied Musk's claims over spam bots, saying bots are less than 5% of the total users, with executives repeating as recently as Thursday in a press briefing that their estimates are accurate. According to the letter, Musk and his team have asked Twitter for more information regarding bots and not received enough to satisfy his questions. The information has come with strings attached, using limitations or other artificial formatting features, making it minimally useful. Musk believes the amount of spam bots to be substantially higher than 5%, he said in the letter, without offering evidence. Twitter has uh, enlisted the services of an elite law firm, Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz, LLP, to represent them in court, where they also have lawyers who've worked in an official capacity with that court in Delaware. And the law firm has previously represented both Musk and Tesla. So you'd imagine they've 
got a good bit of information about the, the target of their case. That, yeah. Although, I, I'm, I don't know how this works, but that seems like a conflict of interest. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not uh, well versed on who can do what in a law firm. Especially but, uh, in Delaware. They got their own thing going on over there. The, the Court of Chancery. Yeah. I shall see you in the Court of Chancery, sir. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? It, but Twitter uh, immediately went and got uh, the most perfect law firm for this case to fight it in Delaware, where they have lawyers who work with the, that specific court, which makes sense because the, it obviously you're probably aware by now. But like, I don't know, a majority of the com- the companies in this country are all registered in Delaware yeah. for tax purposes. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this court... Uh, sees a lot of these types of lawsuits, I'm sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, when speaking about Elon backing out of the deal, a member of that firm, William Savitt, quote, asserted that Twitter had lived up to its end of the bargain. The withdrawal by Musk and his backers is invalid and wrongful, and it constitutes a repudiation of their obligations under the agreement, Savitt wrote. Countering Musk's attorney's claims in their own letter last Friday as the deal crumbled, he added, Twitter has breached none of its obligations under the agreement. He added that Musk and his deal partners have knowingly, intentionally, willfully, and materially breached the agreement. The deal has not been called off, Savitt continued, citing bank debt and equity commitments, and therefore, Twitter demands that Mr. Musk and the other Musk parties comply with their obligation under the agreement. A no, sir. A you, deal. you own Twitter now. Congratulations. But we are going to need that $44 billion. Mm-hmm. And we're going to need it now. So, yeah, grab the popcorn, I guess. Um... But how did Elon Musk respond to all of this while it played out over the weekend? Well, by shitposting directly to the site that he wanted to purchase. On Sunday evening, Musk posted a meme consisting of photos of himself laughing in descending order, featuring various levels of intensity with the following text. They said I couldn't buy Twitter. Then they wouldn't disclose bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. Now they have to disclose bot info in court. Wow. Yeah. Big brain, uh, he's playing the long game, folks. There it is. Yeah, of course, this meme was uh, <laughs> stolen directly from some <laughs> Musk stan who probably jizzed their pants when they saw that this living god was sharing something without credit. Uh, no, I'm that- just a humble servant, Mr. Musk. Thank you for sharing my meme. Uh, what do you mean your meme? Elon posted it. Our meme. <laughs> we, uh, we must seize the... The memes of production. Memes of production, yes. Uh, and, and essentially, by the way, nothing in that meme is is accurate. Twitter and their board were happy to sell the company to Musk, where he could then take it private. Uh, they provided the same internal account analysis that was available to their shareholders. And uh, if, if they are going to disclose any bot info in court, it'll almost certainly be the exact same data that he's been staring at for months now. Yeah. Even though the company never had to provide any added internal information to him because he waived his right to due diligence from the very beginning. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't have much of a case here, but... Who knows? What do I know? Exactly. Forget it, kid. It's Delaware. I just think it's so funny that when this was announced, like, one of the major sticking points from legal experts was just like, why would this moron waive any due diligence? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, like, if, if you're buying a car... <laughs> You're buying literally anything. You're just going to take a spin around the car. Like, you want to, and you have the option to, you know, check under the hood, see if it's not completely falling apart at the seams, you do it. Yeah. So a $44 billion private purchase of a company, and you're just like, nah, I'm sure it's good. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, no, uh, I didn't sign, 
I didn't sign that. It's got, got a little buyer's remorse. Uh, take backsies. Uh. Well, that's what the, the whole saga is all based around the fact that the stock market in general, but specifically with tech stocks, completely cratered. Uh, in, and I know Tesla is sort of a tech stock, but also an automobile company. But yeah, their stock cratered too. And he was using money that was guaranteed by Tesla stock to do this Twitter thing. So it's just like, maybe this would have gone differently if it wasn't for a downturn in the market. But still, it is funny that it all played out this way. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're obviously very excited for this court battle, which in all honesty shouldn't even happen because in any normal setting... This would just end very quickly with some sort of settlement. But it's Elon Musk and Twitter that we're talking about here. So it's about as far from normal as you can get when talking about big, dumb tech takeovers by edgelord billionaires. But speaking of sociopaths who literally can't stop lying and are therefore experts on the subject of lies and scams, uh, Donald Trump, he had some choice words for Elon Musk in the wake of all this. Uh, with the added bonus of some previously unknown information regarding Musk's political leanings. Yeah. Spilled the tea, sis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you know what? Musk is a real bullshitter, too. He lied to me. And he's got a small penis. <laughs> he showed it to me. Yeah. Uh, here's the independent. Former President Donald Trump mocked Tesla executive Elon Musk for pulling out of a $44 billion deal to buy Twitter and for revealing that he had not voted for him. <laughs> that one really that's, hurt. That's what really stings uh, yeah. about this. Mr. Trump made the remarks while speaking at a rally in Alaska for Republican candidates and said that he would fight what he considered left-wing censorship while also promoting his own media platform, Truth Social. Uh, the article continues quoting Trump directly, Elon, Elon is not going to buy Twitter. Well, he might later. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? He's got a pretty rotten contract. Elegant, his contract. Not a good contract. Uh, he then labeled Musk a bullshit artist, saying, you know, he said the other day, oh, I never voted for a Republican. I said, I didn't know that. He told me he voted for me. So he's another bullshit artist, but he's not going to be buying it. Yeah, and so, yeah, there you go. A, a long, winding tale of utter calamity involving the world's richest man and the world's best and worst social media platform. A saga that refuses to die and one that we will have to keep updating you on as things move forward. Uh, I mean, at least it'll be interesting to watch these lawyers fight. Uh, it's always wonderful seeing someone at the top. It's like watching LeBron play basketball yeah. or Tom Brady throw a football, but uh, typically more boring. Um, yeah. But uh, do they let cameras in the court in Delaware? They should for this one. Yeah. After the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, uh, I feel like court TV is going to have a resurgence. Yeah. And they're just going to be like, look, you don't understand. You gotta let us in that courtroom. It'll come full circle because it was court TV, and then it was like Spike TV, and then uh, whatever it is now, change it back to court TV. Mm -hmm. Change it back. I think it. Would, I think it's like Paramount Plus. So yeah. the Paramount Network. <laughs> We're changing the Paramount airing, Network to airing court on TV. Paramount Plus. Yeah, watch Beavis and Butthead, and yeah. then the Elon Musk <laughs> Twitter battle in court. But hey, let's talk about the news that uh, probably should have been the biggest headline of the weekend, and it was in 99% of the world. Someone fucking assassinated former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe with what appears to have been a homemade blunderbuss. A, a fallout, uh, lower tier fallout weapon. Yeah, uh, the Prime Minister, who, who did step down from his position in 2020 because of health issues, was speaking in support of a politician at a local campaign stop when he was gunned down by an attacker. This was legitimately shocking. This, yeah. First of all, this is like, I read somewhere that this was like, one of maybe a dozen gun deaths in Japan in like a decade, but yeah, also 
but weirdly, uh, uh, I mean, barely anyone gets shot in Japan, but politicians get shot like surprisingly high well, amount the, out of that small amount. The 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 last assassination was a stabbing though. Yeah, a teenager okay. stabbed that one guy, and it was actually on TV. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, interesting place. But yeah, so the the attacker was immediately apprehended. Uh, officials are trying to figure out a clear motive, but that did not stop people on the internet, news organizations, and even foreign politicians from willingly spreading blatantly false information about the suspect and their intentions. Um, we're not satisfied enough just speculating wildly anytime. Something bad happens in this country. Uh, now, it would have been we're exporting our uh, speculation. Someone should have sent Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, a photo of the attacker photoshopped into like a jail reading yeah. like Nietzsche or something. Um, Can you believe this? Clearly a sleeper cell. So one obviously outrageous claim that bubbled its way up from the darker corners of the internet all the way into the tweets of at least one French far-right politician was the claim that the attack was perpetrated by none other than video game legend Hideo Kojima, the Metal Gear Solid guy. Yeah. Uh, in his tweet, Damien Rue added a caption that translates to, far left extremism kills, above multiple photos of the Metal Gear Solid creator, and also retweeted a now deleted tweet that implicated Kojima as the assassin. Uh, these tweets were used as reference to the attack by news outlets in Greece and Iran, which only fanned the flames further. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, the the reference to uh, left wing. He's like wearing a fucking USSR Ushanka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the pictures are. He's like standing in front of a picture of Che Guevara. Yeah, obviously <laughs> chosen on purpose. Yeah. Uh, like in in a four chan thread that made its way uh, into Twitter, where people were passing it off as real, and all it took was one dumb moron to be like, yeah. "You see." Yeah, how does this make it all the way uh, onto live television without someone stopping and being like, "Hey, where did you hear this, by the way?" Oh, just some guy? Well, it was verified. What do you mean it was verified? Well, they had a blue check mark on their name. <laughs> oh, that doesn't mean that the news is verified. No, it means whatever they tweet is true. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, as for Kojima himself, obviously he's fucking pissed about this. Uh, and according to the BBC, uh, he's looking into what, if any, legal recourse he has available. A legendary video game developer has threatened to sue over hoax posts portraying him as Shinzo Abe's killer. Kojima Productions said it strongly condemns the spread of fake news and rumors that convey false information. Screenshots on social media showed Damien Rue, a French politician associated with the country's nationalist movement, had tweeted out images of Kojima with the text translated to the far left kills. Uh, he has since deleted his tweet and issued an apology to Kojima, saying he naively took a joke for information and was wrong not to check before sharing. In response, the game director's company tweeted a statement warning it would consider legal action over the spread of false information. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this is... <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty fucking embarrassing. Whoops. Anyway, while we're very, very loosely on the topic of gaming and um, assassins, uh, here's some news that legitimizes a major complaint that gamers have had regarding digital purchases of games from online storefronts. Uh, you don't actually own the game. And in many cases, you're just leasing it from the online marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you'll be able to play that game forever. Maybe not. Maybe some features will still work, but maybe the company that published the game will put an end to any multiplayer modes because they no longer want to financially support patches or the bandwidth needed to play the game with friends or against enemies. Maybe the game's publisher will just say fuck it and delete the game entirely, <laughs> yeah. uh, despite the fact that you might have paid full retail price for it. Oops, that's our game, and bye-bye. 
Well, that's what appeared to be happening to one of the older Assassin's Creed titles when news broke over the weekend that Ubisoft was making Assassin's Creed Liberation unplayable. That's the French one. Mm. Speaking of France as well. Yeah, there's, uh, uh, there's <laughs> a lot of tie-ins here. It was a good pivot uh, between a horrific story and... Uh, and a horrific yeah. story for gamers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, from an earlier article on Video Games Chronicle, here you go. The game has already been removed from sale, and according to a message on its Steam page, it seems players will no longer be able to even boot the game from September onwards. Quote, at the request of the publisher, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD is no longer available for sale on Steam, the notice says. Please note, this title will not be accessible following September 1st, 2022. Uh, seems pretty cut and dry, and obviously this pissed people off, even those, even those who didn't own the game, because this was obviously seen as proof that any game in your library could become unplayable at any time, mm. based completely on the whims of whoever published it. Yeah. Uh, luckily, this time it doesn't appear to be the case, whether it was uh, the immediate and furious outcry from angry gamers, or that Ubisoft is just horrible at clear and concise announcements. Uh, it looks like Assassin's Creed Liberation is safe. It will remain playable. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Here's the update from Forbes. Ubisoft in a statement to IGN says this is a misunderstanding and the storefront information is wrong. As stated in our support article, only DLCs and online features will be affected by the upcoming decommissioning. Current owners of those games will still be able to access, play, or re-download them. Our teams are working with our partners to update this information across all storefronts and are also assessing all available options for players who will be impacted when these games' online services are decommissioned on September 1st, 2022. It has always been our intention to do everything in our power to allow those legacy titles to remain available in the best possible conditions for players, and this is what we are working towards. So you see, this is why uh, they need those stupid NFTs. Yeah. Because according to Crypto Evangelist, it would have been impossible for a company to take back a game that you own on the blockchain or whatever, right? So that's this is a great test case, right? Because that definitely couldn't happen uh, with NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we do have more news coming up for you in just a second, and the stories are pretty wild. But first, we have to give a big shout out to Stitch Fix for not only sponsoring this show, but making us look so good when the cameras are off and we have to blend back into our somewhat functioning society. Shopping for clothes can be daunting. You never know if things are going to fit, returns are difficult, and sometimes you don't even know where to start. This season, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work. It's easy and fun to get started. First, you just take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. You answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. Then, Stitch Fix's expert stylists will go to work, finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you, and it's unique to your size, style, and in your budget, making it the best way to discover clothes that will make you look and feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. Keep what you love, send back what you don't. Shipping returns and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries. There's no hidden fees ever. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash todaydaily to get $20 off your first purchase. That is stitchfix.com slash todaydaily to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer, purchase within two days of sign up. I had uh, two sweaters. I went up to Northern California this past weekend. I had two sweaters from Stitch Fix. Wore them the entire time. I was so comfortable. One is like a plaid hoodie. It's like a hoodie on the inside, plaid shirt on the outside. It is 
one of the most comfortable things they've sent me some good sweaters as well obviously mm -hmm. i'm not wearing them right now because it is well a, down here it's super it hot is a million degrees outside yeah exactly so uh yeah check out stitch fix link in the description but back into the news now with a, a quick check-in on how the celebrities are doing and the celebs and once again it is with a heavy heart that we must announce that the celebs are at it again oh no now let's set the stage here there there's an obvious yet invisible line when it comes to people who grew up with the internet and those who didn't. And there's also multiple variations regarding each generation's exposure to internet content, which might explain away some internet celebrities or even real life celebrities' uh, inside jokes about the horrifically vulgar, completely unsettling, and also very offensive things that we've all been exposed to over the years. From instant access to HD executions, to two women enjoying some ice cream, from Mr. <laughs> Hands to Goatsy, we've seen it all, and we have nothing left to be shocked by. But whenever older celebrities try to appeal to younger generations through social media, it's almost always cringy. And most of the time, it's just bland attempts to gain youthful followings through things like sharing stolen memes. George Takai is notorious for this. Oh my. <laughs> but he, there are hundreds of other aging men and women who utilize the stolen meme method to great success. Um, then there are famous people who are able to grow on social media by subverting expectations, acting the opposite of how you perceive them to be because of how they act on film and TV. Yeah, nobody did this better than uh, Howie Mandel this past weekend. Yeah. You remember Howie Mandel. But he... When it comes to subverting expectations about a person, Howie yeah. Mandel has perfected like, Oh, wow. What, let's see what that Bobby's World guy's up to. Oh, he's got extreme OCD and has, has shaved off all of his hair. <laughs> no, he has alopecia. Oh, is that it? I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's a bad disease that afflicts many. But uh, uh, I would assume that most people that follow him on TikTok don't even know about Bobby's World or that he was involved in it. They just know him from America's Got Talent. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the guy that... Uh, makes jokes about people doing magic tricks. It's the guy single-handedly keeping the soul patch alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he, Howard Mandel has grown his following on TikTok by not only watching absurd and sometimes disturbing videos, but also reacting to it. He's a fucking react lord. Yeah, and it's all the videos are usually like intense and shocking, like weird shit. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, the very idea of Howie Mandel, who appears as the, you know, friendly, safe for network broadcasts, uh, germaphobe <laughs> uh, watching enjoying and reacting to fucked up videos is shocking to some people with with many of the comments on his tiktoks expressing confusion but this past weekend uh he might have gone a little too far um <laughs> a, little, a little too far just a little bit yeah uh, exposing a newer generation of netizens to some good old-fashioned shock content when howie mandel posted his reaction to a fully prolapsed anus on tiktok jesus <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. What are uh, you doing? <laughs> yes. The the video was Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? What what do you think went through his mind? <laughs> he was like, ah yes. And post. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love that America's there got talent, Howie Mandel. Let's see wait, does he have a TikTok? Yeah, like an old grandma being like, I love ah! that Howie Mandel. These kids are on TikTok and Howie Mandel talks about his TikTok. I wonder what he's up to. Uh, so <laughs> the video has obviously been deleted from his account, whether he did it himself or TikTok was like, Howie, please, please. We like all the views you're getting us, but, uh, it's a little too much. You can't, but, you can't do that on TikTok. But, uh, I've seen it and you know what? It's not even the first time that I saw that photo that he was reacting to because I was born on the internet. I was molded by it. 
But uh, here's Newsweek with the explanation. Since the video is gone, and we wouldn't be able to show it anyway, yeah. uh, even a, a censored version that uh, completely blocked what he was looking at. No. Howie Mandel has shocked the internet after <laughs> posting a TikTok video showing a prolapsed anus. <laughs> the America's Got Talent judge posted the clip to his verified TikTok account, which has more than 9.9 .9 million followers on Saturday evening. <laughs> this is actually uh, really funny. <laughs> like, this happened when a friend bent over, the Canadian comedian said in the clip. Does anybody, does somebody know, is this COVID related? <laughs> and if it is, what do we do about it? The video was up for several hours before it was removed, and Mandel has not acknowledged it in the clips he has posted since. Howie, I'm going to need you to talk about it, man, <laughs> a person wrote in the top comment on Mandel's most recent TikTok video. This feels like a cover-up, Howard, another wrote. Well, another person called for an apology video with tears. <laughs> the video also led to Mandel trending on Twitter as many shared their horrified reactions. Howie Mandel just traumatized an entire generation of kids with one TikTok, NBC News reporter Kalhan Rosenblatt wrote in a tweet. Uh, so his, his TikTok <sighs> account, it seems unaffected by the post. Uh, it's just one post deleted. But in the multi mul multiple videos that he's posted since this incident, uh, nearly every comment has been some kind of disturbed reaction to what was shown on his account just a few days ago. I'm not, not going to talk about the butthole. That's it. Uh, if you go on any of his videos, even before that and since that, it's literally every top comment. Howie, please. Uh, we need to talk about this, Mr. Mandel. Howie, you can't just leave this hanging. Yeah. So, yeah. Can't leave this hanging. Yeah. So, people are begging for some <laughs> sort of explanation. They need closure on this. And they're not, it doesn't seem like we're going to get it. Yeah. I don't think Howie Mandel's going to do an apology video. They're trying to cancel me for showing a prolapsed anus. But I'm not even going to acknowledge. Yeah, he just becomes an anti-woke moralist. <laughs> yeah. My TikTok violated the TikTok rules. Well, guess what? Over on my new gig at the Daily Wire, I can yeah. show all the prolapsed anuses I want. Ben Shapiro said so. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I bet he, has, he probably already has a Truth Social account where he's posting nonstop prolapsed anuses. Yeah. Or yeah. like showing two girls one cup and being like, oh, what are they, enjoying some ice cream? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's dookie. <laughs> Those posts are fine here on Truth Social, Mr. Yeah. Mandel. We love you. Can as much poop play as you want here on Truth. Can you grade it like you do on America's Got Talent? That's, I mean, that's, ba America's Got Talent is him just reacting to yeah. Americans He's doing stunts and stuff. He's a professional reactor. So this is no different, except he might have gone a little too far. Yeah. But what we need to do is have someone uh, from the internet, like like the Goatsy guy, go on America's Got Talent. All right, so what's your... Uh, Wait, what's so, he doing there? So what's your bit? Oh, my God. That man is married. Oh, because he's wearing a ring. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of ideas that were seemingly inspired by the internet, one of the bigger memes making the rounds in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade was that pregnant women should be able to utilize the carpool lane on highways because, uh, according to the government, there are clearly two people in the car, even if the woman is alone. Yeah. Well, it, it did not take long for women to actually start experimenting with this newfound perk, which is, of course, the inadvertent result of a horrific judgment against their rights. But a perk nonetheless. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> Who's to say whether this is good or bad? It's bad. And one woman in Texas has already been pulled over for it and is now fighting the ticket in court using the fetus is a person, according to the government argument. I love this. Yeah. Uh, here's CBS News with more. Brandy Patone, who was 34 weeks pregnant at the time, was on her way to pick up her six-year-old son on June 29th when she pulled into the two-person HOV lane on the Central Expressway in Dallas. She was stopped at a checkpoint by a Dallas County Sheriff's deputy who asked where her other passenger was. Patone told the Dallas Morning News, which first reported the story, that 
One officer kind of brushed me off when I mentioned this is a living child, according to everything that's going on with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So I don't know why you're not seeing that, I said. Patone told CBS News that the deputy told her the rule requires two persons or people outside the body hmm. to be in the vehicle. Batone said she told the deputy that she was not trying to make a political stance here, but you understand that this is a baby. It's 34 weeks along, and for sure, she's kicking, and it's real life. Uh, so the deputy responded, yeah. it is what it is, according to Batone, and then left. A uh, second deputy then walked over to her, told her what she was being cited for, and printed out the $275 ticket, she said. Batone said the deputy told her that the ticket would probably get dismissed, which annoyed her even further. I was like, wait, you're telling me that you just wrote me a ticket for an HOV citation, and you're telling me that I can get it dismissed, but now I have to go to the courthouse, go fight it, she said. And it's just, now you're wasting my time. Adding, I was just trying to get safely to my destination, and I thought there was two people in my car. <laughs> the, the Texas Penal Code recognizes an unborn child as a person, but the state's transportation code doesn't. They need to update that code. Yeah. Uh, still, Baton will challenge the ticket and has hired legal counsel. This is a, a groundbreaking case. Yeah, this is going to go straight to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Oh, that, be, our ruling inadvertently gave women a new right? Hmm. Mm. Alito, yeah. you, you, you weren't clear enough. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Nobody uh, can benefit from this. This just has to be punitive. Yeah, this yeah, this has to be terrible. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like this is probably going to be like, yeah, of course, this is ridiculous. We're just going to throw it out. But like, oh, ladies out there, no, don't do this again. And everyone's going to be like, no, fuck you. I'm driving the HOV lane. Yeah. And it's up to you to prove that I'm pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah. So good. I yeah. like this kind of malicious uh, compliance. Yes, exactly. Uh, but in uh, in more examples of justifiable disobedience when it comes to this backwards ass ruling, according to the Associated Press, a California doctor is proposing a floating abortion clinic in the Gulf of Mexico as a way to maintain access for people in southern states where abortion bans have been enacted. The idea is to provide a clinic aboard a ship in federal waters and out of reach of state laws that would offer first trimester surgical abortions, contraception, and other care, said Dr. Meg Autry, an obstetrician and gynecologist and a professor at the University of California, San Francisco. There's been an assault on reproductive rights in our country, and I'm a lifelong advocate for reproductive health and choice. We have to create options and be thoughtful and creative to help people in restrictive states get the health care they deserve, she told the Associated Press. Modern problems require absolutely absurd solutions that just highlight the absurdity of the world that we live in. And it would be funny if it weren't so depressing. How's anybody supposed to get to the, the floating abortion clinic? No, you just board it at, a, at, at any uh, dock and then it goes into international waters. Or they have a, a ferry service to take you here. I mean, literally, uh, Florida, uh, I know Florida from growing up there, but I think uh, like uh, Mississippi and uh, Alabama and Louisiana... They all have casino cruises. Oh, yeah, the tugboat or riverboat cruises. Yeah, or you go out. Uh, well, it's not on land. Can't have a casino on land, obviously. Well, it, it, I know for a fact in Florida, it, I forget how many miles offshore it is, but once a small ship or whatever goes a certain past into federal waters, they can gamble legally. Yeah. So they should just combine this. You gamble, get your abortion, uh, do some drugs, uh, and then come back. Yeah. All right. The ultimate party cruise. But yeah. Is there going to be a bunch of like little boats chasing the big boat around like with protesters being like, yeah, baby killers. Uh, people probably, have nothing better to do with their time. Yeah, it'll look harass like, people. like that uh, Trump boat parade. Boat parade. 
Uh, it would be funnier than like the trucker convoy where all they had to do was drive uh, to like Washington DC or around in Canada where like all of these boats that are just like weekend leisure ships have to actually like go through around Florida and through the Gulf of Mexico out into federal waters, just capsizing yeah. every couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they should take that, uh, the big ships that they were sailing around for COVID patients, just dock them right there in the Gulf. Oh yeah, those big medical ships. Right, ne- right next to the giant oil derricks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look, this is just, it's, these are both examples of how ridiculous all of this is and how backwards and oppressive and horrible this is. That these are even like in this year being like, well, we got to create a floating abortion clinic because uh, these states will literally prosecute women yeah. for having this procedure done. Man. It's fucked. Yeah. Like I said, it, it would be funny if it wasn't reality and so depressing. Um, but anyways, that's uh, that's it for today's episode. Elliot, it finally came. Here you are, my good sir. I got this for you. Oh, my you. God. Even though it was my birthday this past weekend, I got you a gift. Show the people what it is. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. There it is. How do I? I mean, you'll have to fiddle with it to... Plus, you have glasses on. Yeah. Probably a bad idea that I even got it for you. There you go. It's uh, nothing. uh, Nothing's far away enough. Oh, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you have to spin this thing, too, on top. That's the focus. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, there you go. I will be. uh, I used it all weekend in uh, in Big Sur. I was uh, looking at condors. Oh, you uh, saw condors, huh? You might have been a turkey vulture, but I want to think it was a condor. It was very big. They're they're easy to get mixed up. Uh, But yeah, looking at squirrels and lizards and all kinds of stuff. It's great. It's great for nature. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I will be watching all the birds now. And now if we're ever in some kind of action movie scenario, we can combine our monoculars and see twice as good. And just immediately get a headache because they're not uh, attached. Yeah, we're lined up in any way. There you go. Anyways, uh, by the way, last call for our old merch. Uh, our merch store is going to be closing down very soon. You've had ample time. Yeah, you, so we're going to go ahead and pull the plug soon. Final warning. Uh, there's only a few sizes in certain shirts left, so get it while you can because it's going to be gone real soon as we migrate over to a new merch provider. Uh, there will be a link in the description to get all of that. And Elliot's going to go look at some birds. Yeah. But in the meantime, check out our other videos from this past weekend. We have uh, Weekly Weird News and News Dump. Watch both of those, and we'll see you soon. That says it for glasses wearers is what you do. Oh, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Bye. Bye.